Hello and welcome to the Booze Brothers. I'm Steve. And I'm David. We have been best friends since second grade, if you can believe that. It's true. And we're the founders of the Tomstown Distilling Company in Kansas City, Missouri. We started Tomstown because we wanted to make game-changing spirits, and we really like to drink, laugh, and drink some more. And thought it would be interesting to learn more about some of the game-changing moments from the lives of the friends we've made. We've met some amazing people since we started the distillery. Funny, fascinating, and generally nuts. And just like cocktails with character, these folks are characters. We felt the world needed to meet these folks, so here we are. Some are famous, some are infamous, but all have fabulous stories of their journey. Uh, David, I'm excited about our guest on this uh, podcast this time. Who is it? It's Brooke Dillman. You remember her from high school. We went to high school with her at Shawnee Mission East. Actually, I uh, was in a TV show with her during high school, what if you was recall. the show? It's called the Kansas City Circuit. It was it was on public access television. They had to let us do a show. Oh my god! Because it was taxpayer funded. So um, we went in and did a comedy, you know, kind of a rip off of SCTV. SCTV. And then since then, I mean, you know, I've done a few great roles, but after that, she has been on Blue Collar TV, Wrecked, Super Bad, Kicking It, Kicking It. Most people say they love Superbad, but kicking it, of, of all those you've listed, yeah. she's a class A scene stealer. I bet actors and actresses hate working with her because she goes in there and she just chews the scenery. <laughs> We're going to have to ask her about that. Do most people in your profession despise you? <laughs> well, that it's true because she'll be on the screen and you will be. It's uh, she won't be the lead, yeah, but she steals the scene absolutely. Can't keep your eyes off her, yeah, she's fabulous, ladies and gentlemen. Marathon runner, animal rights activist, comedian, and comedic actress Brooke Dillman is here on the Booze Brothers. Ah, so ha- what was that? It sounded like a small stroke. Ah. Are you okay? Can you smell almonds? Uh, almonds. Have we started? No. <laughs> yes. Can you believe? Oh, no. Last one we did with Tuck Watkins, when the thing was over, he goes, can we start now? I mean, that's <laughs> how people react. So they don't know that this is This the show. is it. I will tell you something about Tuck Watkins. Uh-oh. He chipped my tooth he in grade school. He chipped your tooth? On purpose. He didn't mention that. No, he, no, no, he- Tell all. It's, he's been shamed about this for wow. years. He can't speak of it. He's blacked it out. How did it happen? Oh, it was, it was completely on purpose. I was drinking out of a glass, and he went, ha, 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 and shoved his hand into my mouth. Oh, my God. Was he a bit of a bully for you? A bully to you alone? Not really. He just thought uh, it would be funny, which I'm sure it was to it's kind of everyone funny. watching. Yeah, it is funny. So you've... You've never had work done? You've never fixed it after 30 (laughs) years? You just decide I'm living with it. (laughs) Here's the thing, actually. In it's been over 40 years. Yeah. I've never had to replace what they replaced it with. Mm, So I'm positive it's like asbestos or something. It was like from the 70s and I'd like to get all my teeth made with that stuff. You really do. That sounds great. (laughs) It never it has never chipped in over 40 years. Huh. Well, congratulations on that. It's a tribute to both your dentist and enough of tooth talk. Brooke, we <laughs> want to talk about you and your career, not tooth talk. Brooke Dillman, you have been in just about 
everything. I mean, your career spans from when you were, what, eight years old to now in your late 40s. And I mean late 40s. So late that I'm not even in my 40s. That's how late it is. (laughs) So, I mean, we're talking about the the blue-collar TV kicking it. You are doing Good Morning Miami. You have really been, it's been mostly television, hasn't it? Mostly television with super bad and movies and things yes, like that. Yes, my my face is not right for the big screen. No. No, it is too much. It's the wrong ratio, you mean? It, well, it's just it's if you I in super bad was terrified by my head. I did see it in a theater and it was so large and upsetting. I I have my I have a face for well, radio, radio, but really podcasts. TV. <laughs> radio. Yeah, podcasts. I have a face for podcasts. <laughs> That'd be a great name for a podcast, a face for podcasts. And then yeah. the people that we interview. Yeah. Should we um, trademark that? Steve hey, Brooks, Brooke, I looked up, uh, I don't know, you know, other people who have podcasts would Google you. I used Bing mm, smart. for the first time ever, and I binged you. Is that what you say? Wow, careful, family-friendly. Well, I don't binged. know if in the Me Too era you can say you binged someone. <laughs> it said, so it had all, it, you could filter by career or personal milestones, and I clicked personal. The, the work one scrolled on forever, and in fact, it went down to back to 1968, where it said you were on One Life to Live. Yes. In 1968. <laughs> yes. Um, I was born I, uh, on that show. I popped out. <laughs> well, then I looked at personal milestones, and it just said your birth. That was oh, it. you peaked pretty early. <laughs> I did. That is impressive. <laughs> that was it. Very, very early. But on a personal milestone, you have run some marathons, have you not? Ten. I didn't know that. Ten. And let me tell you something. I have completed nine. The tenth one, I was at mile 25, and they stopped it because there was an active shooter at mile 26. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was your husband, Charlie? My husband, Charlie, because he wanted me to win. So he was trying to shoot all the other runners. But yeah, yeah, it, it ended up, it was, uh, someone had, it was a fake gun and had kidnapped someone. Oh. But the only person that was shot was one of the officers. He accidentally shot himself in the leg. Literally, Barney fifed it. Wait, where, where was the active shooter? What, what marathon was this? What city? This was San Diego, rock and roll marathon. Wow. That's why that rock and roll is a bad influence. Yeah, yeah and to get pulled off at mile 25. Oh, my yeah, God. Oh. For people who don't know, it's 26.2 miles. So <laughs> I had run for like four and a half hours. You know what you should do? You should get one of those oval stickers on the back of your car that just says 25. You're <laughs> with tear teardrops coming off of it. What is possibly the motivation to do ten marathons? What what is in that noggin of yours to say, yeah, I'm going to go run? Because the training's got to be enormous. It's just, uh, I think, a slow form of suicide. Oh wow! Is what I'm going for. Yeah, it's this just, is what people want to hear about. It. Usually around fifteenth, your fifteenth uh, marathon, you die, yeah. right? So you got a few left. But now I'm mad because of uh, COVID, there aren't any marathons, so I've, my suicide mission has been pulled back for a little while. Well, but can't you do like a tough mutter? Can you do all those, those uh, military runs? I've done two Spartan races. Oh, you have? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them because it's cold. I don't like to be cold. Oh. 
and like they spray water on you and you, you know, I did, I did them with Tuck. That sounds like fun. <laughs> really? Spray the water. Well, I did the stupid thing when they were spraying water at us while we were crawling in mud under barbed wire. And I said, please don't spray me with that hose. Oh, and what do they do? Right. Sprayer. It was a very dumb thing to say. Yeah, yes. exactly. Do you think that these marathons helped you in your training to do kick it it? <laughs> Joan Malone. Officer Joan Malone. <laughs> oh, I kicked it, guys. Kicking it had to be a blast. It was a blast. It really it was really was character. because yeah. on a Disney show, they they never say pull it back, you know. It's like I it's they want you to be as over the top as possible. And that's usually my problem. I get in trouble when I'm over the top. I've, I've in fact, had this said to me in auditions. Um, could you do it again, please? Um, but this time, make it sound like a, a, an actual person said it. <laughs> that's a compliment, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Not so and much. It, it's like... You're the director. Just, just say thank you and have me leave the room. I mean, it's like, why are you trying... Obviously, I'm not for you <laughs> yeah. if you have to tell me that. But you would actually, I one would think that actually Disney would actually have real rules and bumper guards and you can't do this and you can't do that. But you, they let, you had a lot of freedom, artistic freedom. Uh, well, yeah, it's the children there are the rules for. There's no ch- oh, the rules children. for the adults. Yeah. And in fact, I rarely had a stunt person because they were like, oh, Brooke, you just do something. Just fall over that table. It'll be funny. Go ahead. And so I literally was like falling over, jumping over walls, <laughs> falling yeah. into tables, smashing into things. You and Tom Cruise both do your own stunts. Yes. I flew a helicopter. <laughs> in the, no, but actually one time in Kicking It, I had to drive this um, go-kart. And it was on the set. We weren't like outside. I was on the set and the hmm. stunt guys, they were like, oh my God. So I still sweat thinking about it. The stunt guy was like, all right, this thing's going to gun up to about a million the second you put your foot on the accelerator. And then you've got to pull the emergency brake and slam your foot on the brake to make it stop in time. So you don't go through the wall? No, cameras. Oh, God. So I'm literally looking at the three. Yeah. That's. And I'm driving by the stars of the show, these little kids. I'm driving by, and they just let me drive. Oh, my God. This go kart. <laughs> that is it amazing. Was, yeah. Which uh, we have to find that episode. That's yeah. hilarious. It's Officer Joan. I think she breaks someone out of. Mall jail or something. I don't know. Juvie. Yeah, juvie, something. Right. Oh, she's Adam. doing a scared straight, I think. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> so, good. I think I saw that one. Because I, I remember walking in, the kids are watching, kicking it, and it's like, oh, there's Brooke. <laughs> and I just kept walking. Yeah. There's Aunt Brooke. <laughs> Which was your longer, was, was blue collar, kicking it, what was your longest career character? Um, I guess it would be kicking it. Because wrecked. Wrecked was three seasons, oh, right. Kicking It was four seasons. What was Blue Collar? So, Blue Collar was only like two and a half. Oh, was really? Really? Because it seems like they, everybody knew about Blue Collar TV and Foxworthy well, and all what that. They, what they did was they um, those guys, the Blue Collar guys, which was, it was Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, and Bill Engvall. Yeah. Ron White did not do the show, but he was one of the Blue Collar comedy, you know, their tour. But they were so popular at the time that we immediately went into syndication on 
Comedy Central. Oh, wow. Oh, really? So that's why it seemed like it was on forever because they, I mean, while we were shooting them, we were in syndication already. Good God. But then they did, so Larry the Cable Guy does a movie, which you're in. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where I have a unibrow and... <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like buck teeth or I don't know what it's like. Imagine that with your current hairdo. I mean, oh come on. God. That would, you'd get a fan base, an, a huge, even bigger. You don't even understand. When I'm out at the grocery store now, like with my mask and my glasses, children laugh at me. I look like a mad scientist. I mean, children are so amused <laughs> and happy to see me. And I look, I look like a, crazy. See, I think you look like Dr. Burks. Like you've got that kind of um, sachet that she wears. I can do 20 different things with a scarf, David. <laughs> Don't get me started. Always have Don't been. get me started. Always have How many been. things I can do with a scarf? Well, hey, Brooke, so about uh, with blue collar TV, it seems so perfectly suited for you because with skits and sketches, short form stuff, what were the things that you liked the most about that? The wigs. Did you just have full access to wigs where they're just... But the, the greatest thing were the the, uh, the wig department and uh, the costumers, they... Um, I never had fittings or wig fittings because they just knew. They just would read us and they would like, okay, we'll do that. And they knew the exact wig I would want and they knew the exact costume. And I would just put them on and there we go. But that's the thing. A wig just is... Everything. It's the Catherine O'Hara yeah. Shits Creek. It's just the same where oh. she has the wall of wigs. The wall of wigs. It's just like, because you can't wigs. miss. Once you have the wig on, you're like, oh, got it. I know who this is. It's the secret <laughs> to your success, a nice wig. It really is. And I Same wanna, with Steve. Steve, right. your new one right. looks great. It was really hard to find a wig with a bald spot. They yeah, don't make many of them. But you did it. But, uh, <laughs> but I found it. I persevered. And that's how I'm this character. Brooke, you were in the show that, in my humble opinion, has the best finale of any ending in television, Six Feet Under. I agree with you on that. You do? Yeah. I just... I do. I was sobbing. Sobbing. At that ending. It was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. How was it working on that? You, what was your character on that? You were dating David, or what was that? You were in the. What was that? Well, I, I, uh, my character owned a like a fabric sewing shop, oh. and so Frances Conroy came in and she was purchasing things from my shop, and she's like, "Hey, I think I got my, you can meet my son-in-law," or I can't remember. Was it? Son, I thought it was David. James Cromwell's son or her son? I can't remember. Anyway, so that's what she wanted me to set me up on a blind date. How'd that go? That, um, it, oh, uh, Fred Nelson, who you know, you know. Indeed. He, he makes me say a line from that episode all the time. What is it? He makes me say, this decaf is so cinnamony. <laughs> he literally would make me call him and say, this decaf is so cinnamon. <laughs> so cinnamon but I have another story about that scene in the sewing shop. Yeah. I am, uh, I'm terrified of like props and continuity and all that kind of thing when you're in a show and you have, cause every take you have to do it the same way. And I, the scene was me like ringing her up and putting it in a bag and ringing and then taking her money and then giving her change. And <laughs> so we did the first take, the uh, 
the master, the wide shot. And, and then uh, they came up to me and they said, okay, Brooke, now remember everything you did because it needs to be the same for the rest of the... I was like, it was like a 10... <laughs> it was like, there were so many props and so many... And I, I was like, what? Because <laughs> she had like 10 items. I put them in a bag. I rang them. I got, and I had to get her like the exact two dimes and two... Th- oh my I mean, God. I couldn't handle it. Sweating. I couldn't handle Flop it. sweat. Flop yeah. sweat. Which was harder, making change or riding the go-kart? Oh, they're both just terrifying in their own way. Just that's everything. Is, I never know what I'm doing. I'm always sweating. My stomach sweats. That's what... It's mm, like I get this a good ring look. of sweat on my stomach. Really when good I'm look. Really, right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times they have to come over with a, a hair dryer oh my. and dry me off. That's sexy. Yeah, I'm sweating through my wardrobe. <laughs> and the wig. It's those wigs are hot. Those wigs are hot. Yeah. Brooke, you know, so what are all of us on this uh, podcast have best friends that are close with Megan Mullally. And she had a really fascinating, I've thought about this for years. She said there is a difference between a comedian or comedian and a comedic actress. And I've always thought about that. I, I feel like with you, I'm at the mountaintop of both. Tell me, how do you view the difference between those two professions? Or are they different? Well, yeah, are you talking like a, a, definitely a difference between a stand up and a comedic actress? There's a huge difference. There's no way I could do stand up. Really? Ever. People are like, why don't you do stand up? And it's like, uh, you've never done stand up? Different skill. Oh, it's, oh, t- well, I, first of all, I don't like being myself. Truly. Oh, right. It's like, I, I've always said maybe I could do it uh, with a wig. Back as a character, <laughs> like Pee Wee Herman, like or Kristen whatever. You know, Wig, it, a Kristen Wig. I could something. do it as Kristen Wig. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> as Kristen Wig playing the Target Lady. <laughs> yeah. Or the yes. Lawrence Welk. Back. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, it's it's I it's very different. And also, I think there's a very big difference. Everyone thinks because you do sketch comedy or something like that that you're like yeah. the greatest improviser. Yeah. And I, I absolutely. I love to improvise as a character. I can go forever as my character, but those games they play and those improv groups and everything, I completely Cindy Brady. I I have nothing to say. (laughs) I think it's so fascinating. Because everybody just assumes, because you're Mm -hmm. hilarious, that it's going to be natural to then get up and do stand-up. And that I think that's what was Megan Mullally's point. It's not, it's a different skill set. I mean, totally different. And I have, I mean, as you're learning now, I tell the worst story. I I just, it's like. Oh my God, your stories are horrible. Right. Awful. And they ramble. They don't have, I Too much. So editing. Yeah, thank God. Yes. Thank God. Thank God. But it's just, but that's what it's like. But they're storytellers. That's fascinating. Yeah. Brooke, you were talking about uh, in the uh, Six Feet Under, the started with a blind date. Yeah. You played a blind date on another show. Nice segue. Wasn't that a blind date? That was Steve. That was brilliant. And it made me think of that because Steve Carell makes that distinction between being funny and being able to be funny on it with a script, or you know, he can interpret it in a funny way rather than you know he. I think he said in interviews, you know, I'm not really that funny of a person, but when he's doing the characters, he is extremely funny. Yeah, he was he was um, so quiet and sweet, like when we were on the set, and he was just lovely, and we're talking, you know, and everything, you know, and all of a sudden they're like action, and 
it's hard to keep a straight face because he immediately goes into that goofy dingbat and you're just like, where is, did he come from? And he's so mean in that scene. Oh, oh, it's hor- Why did she stay on the date? Why did she stay? They come back from commercial and she's there. I'm like, why? Because <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it had to keep going. But they did tell me that I was the first character... Uh, to tell him he was rude. They, oh, c- really? In between, you know, setups, they were like, you know, we think you're the first one to actually just say it to his face. Like, you're very rude. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Tomstown Distilling Company, the first legal distillery in downtown Kansas City since Prohibition. Named after famed political boss Tom Pendergast, we're open for tastings, tours, and events. Come visit our Art Deco-themed tasting room and speakeasy. As Mr. Pendergast used to say, the people are thirsty. Come down and have a cocktail tonight. So we have a fun little game that we want to oh, play oh with no. you, and it's and it's exciting. Sweating. Yeah. Oh, you're already sweating. My stomach is sweating. You don't hear that very often on podcasts. Not enough. <laughs> no, not enough. Again, unusable. This whole thing is unusable. Totally. <laughs> now, Steve, you had a little question or comment that I didn't feel that you fairly got to ask. And now we will let you ask it. Steve, ask it. Okay. Just ask it. What a great setup. Yeah. This is how this is how we talk in real life. Just ask Odd. it. <laughs> you were going to say something. <laughs> say it. That's how David asks. Already um, did it. <laughs> already did it. Um, so uh, what we like to think of Tomstown, um, we like to make game-changing spirits is how we like to call them. So what we like to ask the people that we interview and in in all the Myriad podcasts, this is our 500th episode, by the way. It took you 500 to get to me. <laughs> well, thank I, you. I argue for 498, but... Nobody picked up. We called to call. The call waiting just never picked up. It just didn't. It didn't work. (laughs) Well, you've got to. uh, You're going to interview Missy Pyle, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Ask her about when she was 98th on the Maxim 100 Hot Chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Who was 99 and 100? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Um, So the question that we ask uh, related to that is. What do you consider like was a game changer for you, either personal life or or career? What what was a game changer for you in your life? Okay, there's there's two. There, I have the personal and the career. The personal's birth. The person. Right, <laughs> we learned that earlier. Life to live. Yes. <laughs> that really changed it for me. <laughs> well, actually, okay. So the the personal is. Uh, I had been working at this bar called the Burwood Tap, and I had lost it. I, if, if I had to wait on one more person, I, I couldn't. So I quit. I was like, I'm out of here. I can't do it. And then, of course, like a couple months later, I had to crawl back and go, man, I need the job. Can I have my job back? <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks after I got my job back, uh, my husband came in and applied for a job. 
And that's where I met my husband. Oh. At that bar. Wow. Yeah. So I never, we never would have met if I hadn't have slunk back and begged for my job back. To be, with tail right. between your legs, and, and then you meet your husband in Chicago. This yeah. was in Chicago? Yeah, this was in Chicago. Yeah. That is yeah. beautiful. And, and yeah. the old ball and chains in the other room right now. Still here. <laughs> as we speak. That was 1990. Whoa. Most of our audience wasn't even wow. born then. <laughs> oh, you crazy millennial. I'm going to add that to the Bing timeline. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the right to do that? Like Wikipedia, you can just go in and edit Brooks. I'll find a, I'll find a way. Well, look at that. Did you know, though, that my, my character uh, from Wrecked was an execu- a Bing executive? Karen oh, Cushman right. from Bing. <laughs> that's right. I thought it was that's Ask perfect. Jeeves, but that's brilliant. <laughs> Ask all right, Brooke, Jeeves. we're on to the end. This is all, you know, kind of that tribute to... Well, she, she has to say her... She has to say oh, her, sorry, her, right. her professional game. It was okay. not birth. Okay. Sorry. Literally... Uh, Tuck, who you interviewed, we've known each other since we were four. His boyfriend was having a surprise birthday party, and we made a video of me uh, playing uh, uh, Julia Childs, making his birthday cake. And I was getting drunker and drunker (laughs) as it went through. It was just just that whole thing. And then um, we showed the video at his surprise birthday party, and there was (laughs) an agent there, a friend of his, that was like... You're really funny. Um, would you like to? Can can I represent you? You're kidding. It was crazy. It, I mean, my whole career has been an accident. I never get anything on my merit. It's just it, and um, and so I went in, and he sent me out on an audition for the Wayne Brady Show, and I got it. So that was. I thought you were going to say that Julia Child was in the audience, and that Ch- would have been. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. And she hated it. Just edit the story out. It wasn't as good as David's ending. <laughs> okay, I think we know the answer. You know, this is that whole actor's studio, you know, when James Lipton, he has the blue cards and it's all all that sort of stuff. So in in kind of okay, tribute okay. to that, it's not those exact questions, but um, favorite high school class, least favorite high school class. You mean year or class? Uh, subject. 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 Okay, because I was going to say 84 and least favorite, 83. What was wrong with 83? Oh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> um, okay, if, in school, the, the, of course the most favorite was, you know, theater or choir. Loved those. Loved them. Sure. Least favorite would be like, uh, oh my God, the one was... I'm so old that it was computer programming. Oh, it was oh, it was yeah, a computer wow. class, but we had to program things. Wow, why would you have taken I, that? I don't know. I don't know. It counted as a math. I think it counted oh, as a math. Yeah. So, so it was and I was like, "What?" And, and so you just I'm sorry to say I had to just cheat and someone give me the answers to how to make the program. Oh no. And then you you accidentally started World War Three mm-hmm. by your programming because mm-hmm. you didn't know what you're doing, and you want to talk about some stomach sweat. But that yeah, changed so. that changed my career though. So that was a, I'm sorry that was my game changing right there. <laughs> right there, <laughs> programming. Um, <clears throat> did you have a nickname in junior high or in high school, that, or, or did you ever try to give yourself a nickname that you wanted people to call you?
Is that enough dead air? <laughs> Is that enough dead air? I don't even... A nickname. Did you just read... So I just read this article. Steve Jobs purposefully would do dead air in meetings and test people to see if they couldn't handle it. So we're, I think we leave that in. And yeah, I mean, because that, that was about, a, Steve, wasn't that like three or four minutes that Brooke just sat there and well, she's staring at the ceiling? Yeah. I thought there was like a leak yeah. or something. <laughs> I, I stopped recording. I thought the show was over. <laughs> you th- Actually, I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, as I was doing it, I thought this is way too long, and then I was like, "I'm going to keep doing it." I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it. I always knew you and Steve Jobs had a lot of similarities. <laughs> we've got well, our computer programming. We've got so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, because I was thinking, you know, oh, here's something that happened in grade school that I told I told some people uh, recently. We were talking about nicknames, and and this kid uh, called me Brookie Cookie Rojas, and it used oh. to make me so mad because he was a Kansas City Royal back in the day, yeah. Brookie Cookie Rojas. And when I told the story, I said it was this kid in grade school. His name was Travis Scott, and he's and they said Travis Scott the rapper, and I was like, who's that, Travis Scott? So Travis Scott always <laughs> to me. Isn't that a rapper right now? They, I mean, yeah, and he—that's uh, how he got his start saying "Brookie, Brookie Cookie." It's those rhymes. Oh, I yeah. love Brookie that rap. Together. Brookie Cookie. Mm-hmm. It's one of yeah. his my favorite. And then Drake covered it. It's great. You're welcome, rap genre. <laughs> <laughs> rap genre. Rap genre. Uh, that's my gift to you, to you. <laughs> Lady Dillman. Yes. Have you ever fulfilled a New Year's resolution? Uh, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> do you want another six minutes of silence? <laughs> it's all from that computer programming class. That yeah, was a yeah. magical class. Uh, I'd have to say no. I, I, I'm not very good at keeping up with... Commitment? Yeah. No, I don't finish. That. I'm a procrastinator. I don't finish things. I don't, you know, it's bad. It's bad. I'm yeah. not even going to finish yeah. this interview. I'm just going to get up and walk out at some point. So I hope you have enough. I'm sure that's what most of our audience has done. <laughs> <laughs> With your 500th guest. <laughs> Missy Pyle. Right, <laughs> She's the 98th most hot chick of 2003. Um, Okay, I've got a a question for you. Okay. If you weren't an actress, what would you be? And don't say computer programmer. I'd say homeless. (laughs) I have no other skills. (laughs) You'd still be at the Burwood Town. Do you know how many times I've tried to quit acting? I'm just like, I, I... got to get out. It's, uh, you know, and I can't because I don't have any other skills. I don't know how to do anything else. So I have to. There are only so many jobs where you can wear a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Could you go back to the Burwood Tap? Uh, I, if they'd have me, I would. I, I loved their, uh, they used to have black bean soup mm. that I just loved. And I <laughs> used to munch on that during the, Oh, my God. Looking back on those days. Oh, Oh, black bean soup. It sounds delicious. It sounds disgusting that they had just a tub of black bean soup. Uh, 
God, you just made black bean soup even worse. Is that the only food they served? Yeah, they, but they also had like a, a like a chili dog or something. You could make it. It was mm. sick. It's just sick. Well, because you could use the black bean uh, soup for the chili dog. They, they it roll wore many hats. <laughs> it wore many hats. <laughs> uh, Lady Dillman, you are a noted ludite. Am I right? <laughs> So when I ask this question, I mean this very, very uh, uh, seriously. Email, text, phone, or postcard. Which is your favorite means of transportation? <laughs> transportation <laughs> of communication. <laughs> well, I would. It is. It is text. I know you thought I was going to say postcard, but I did. Most of our guests have said postcards. Of the five hundred, you're the only one that have said text. I remember 496 said, uh, <laughs> said text. I know I'm going to get bumped down. Even you're 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 like we can't, they can't. This is going to be your last resort. You know. Yeah, no doubt. When every all the other tape has burned up. Well, there it is. Tape. <laughs> I just said tape. So the answer is you would you would really say text. That yeah, that I would that I prefer to communicate. Yeah. By yes. Okay. Text. Now, I'm going to suggest an answer to this next question. Oh. <clears throat> so I'm going to basically answer it for Why you. Why ask it? What do you know now that you wish you knew in your 20s? And I'm going to guess it was don't eat the black beans. <laughs> or put it on the hot dog. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God, the black bean soup. Well, I, what did I? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I was so stupid in my 20s. It would be everything. I mean, it's just like I, I was not doing anything right in my 20s. It was just absolute stupidity. Well, you must have been doing something right. I mean, look where you are now. You must have been doing something right. So you had to, was there was something you did? It really was. I told you all of it's an accident. Huh. It's like... <laughs> The only reason I get things is my friend's like, oh, this person, well, this, the, um, I was working before they shut it down on a, a Broadway musical right. called Once uh. Upon One More Time, and that happened by accident, too. My friend wrote the book for it, and they were going to have a reading, and the woman who was supposed to play my part dropped out at the last second, and he was like, can you fly to New York and do, just do this reading? And I was like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. And um, and they ended up liking me, and so I was hired they, to do a Broadway <laughs> musical. I mean, it, it really, it never would have happened otherwise. They liked you. Well, it's all the a freak well, accident. Exactly. The, the chances are, are accidents, but your performance obviously wins you these roles, Brookie, Cookie. It's, again, it was <laughs> Travis Scott. It again was the wig, though, because I came to the, uh, they do a workshop after a reading, and when I came back to do one of the workshops, they, uh, I brought a wig. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to call this ep episode Accidents and Accidents Wigs. Accidents and Wigs. That's my biography. My autobiography is Accidents, <laughs> Accidents and, wig. and Wigs. No, actually, my autobiography is going to be one time a wardrobe person put a safety pin note on one of my costumes and said, don't forget your girdle. <laughs> By Brooke Dillman. And it's going to yeah, be so huge. So that's going to be my autobiography. Don't forget your girdle. <laughs> Maybe you should update it. Don't forget your your spanks. I don't know. That, do people yeah, say girdles anymore? Girdles? Sure. 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 They that was do. back when I was doing vaudeville <laughs> with Mae West. 
Uh, Brooke, during the hysteria of the COVID, what were you most worried you'd run out of? Diet Coke. That's a biggie for you? <laughs> oh, and it still is because I try not to drink the caffeinated at home. So like when I, you know, if I go out to a restaurant, I'll have it. But I try and stay decaffeinated most of the time. And uh, they, you can't get it. Wow. There's apparently an aluminum hmm. shortage or something. And they're making, they, oh, they're yeah, not they, making they... caffeine-free Diet Coke. Oh, so wow. I'm jacked up on so much caffeine now. I just thought it was Do you Coke, know what Coke. I, yeah. And oh. oh, yeah. No, you can do it without getting Coke Coke. This is how I did it today. And this is my COVID. I, I've been eating so poorly. I can't you look great. help it. So this is what I ate before I came to this podcast. Half of Charlie's McDonald's French fries. It was a supersize. A, a supersized uh, Diet Coke. And um, three quarters of a piece of birthday cake that I got at the store today because it looked delicious. That's all you have eaten today? Uh, no, I had peanut butter for breakfast and two Diet Cokes. So I've had three Diet Cokes, peanut butter, half a thing of McDonald's French fries, and three quarters of a piece, a giant piece of birthday cake. They sell them singly. That is what I ate today. You know, you- Oh, they sell you just, you can get one slice? Yeah, you can just get one slice. Is this from the cake that like somebody didn't pick up yesterday? Did it have someone's name on it? Oh, well, the black bean soup was sitting right next to it, so I assume- <laughs> You know, your diet plan should be a part of don't forget your girdle because that, that exactly. could be yes. the, like the, the final chapter. I think people the will be really curious of- about that. Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> the thing. I mean, it is scary. This The COVID thing, I have gone like I, I also this was a while ago in the grocery store and I look over and I'm like and I say this aloud, literally out loud. I'm like. Wow, those ding dongs look good. <laughs> so I got I got a carton of ding dongs, and I brought them home. And let me tell you something about a carton of ding dongs. Oh God, <laughs> you can't just eat one. How many do you think are in there? A dozen. Twelve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, ten. No, come on. Oh, Why ten? But it's the same great price. Ten. It's a baked good. Same great price. It's a baked good. There should be 12. I got, have you ever done this before? You make a sandwich with ding-dongs instead of bread? Oh I've my, tried it with ho-hos. Goodbye. I've I'm done a ho-ho now. sandwich, if you know, and, and I keep <laughs> oh it family gosh. friendly. Uh-oh. Ho-ho. Hi-ho. I'm going <laughs> to go make five of those sandwiches right now because I have 10 ding-dongs. You know, I'm uh, coming down from Kansas my birthday cake own. buzz. <laughs> Uh, all right, before we let, uh, Steve, do you have another question for Brooke? Because I, I want to ask her, uh, I have to know about uh, dogs and animals, but did you have another uh, question? <gasps> well, we got the the um, the final one that we do in deference to James Lipton from the Inside the Actors Studio. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Um, I would have to say, uh, God damn it. <laughs> it's just funny. God damn Damn it, because it's funny. <laughs> you can drag out the, the God. Yeah, God or... damn And my, my dad used to say, damn it to hell. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> we, used to, we, we used to go to Maine every summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, to my, my mom's cousin had a cabin up there. And we, we brought back this giant rock. And my dad would always stub his toe on it. But he would say, he'd go, <laughs> damn it to hell, Mary Jo. That's my mom's name. Who put that rock there? 
It's been there every year. You were always leaving it out. (laughs) Anyway. I have to ask. So you have had a ton of dogs and parrots (laughs) and gerbils, mostly dogs. What's the most, how many dogs, what's the most dogs you've had in your clan? Um, It was nine. Oh, at one time, because we adopted um, Janet, she, uh, didn't know she was pregnant. Oh wow! We oh, took right. her. We took her in to be spayed, and they called back a couple hours later and said, "We can't spay her. She's pregnant with six puppies, oh, and my. she's due in thirty days." Jeez. So we already had oh, we had our two dogs, and then Janet, and then we had um, six puppies in the house. Which and- let me tell you. Well, as you say, the cool thing about that is they can each have a ding-dong and there's one left over for you. (laughs) (laughs) How did you raise nine? Did you keep them all? Um, We we kept one. We weren't going to keep any because we had three, but you can't birth your own puppies and not keep one. Right, that's true. So we kept Matchstick. And uh, the other five went to friends and family, and every year we have a birthday party for them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, didn't you have it, a calendar for a while? Weren't you thinking about wasn't a calendar you were doing something with all the dogs? Oh, that was Ernie. Ernie, because oh, right. Ernie was cross-eyed with an underbite, <laughs> and Just so like me. we, we yeah. actually we actually made a book for ourselves. And every year we make Christmas cards with them. And one year he was Jesus yeah. in the nativity scene. And <laughs> oh my god. We do- <laughs> <laughs> well, Brooke Dillman, this has been an unbridled pleasure. Steve, would you agree with that? Of the top 500, where would you rank Brooke? <laughs> it's definitely up there. It's in it's, the top 500 for It's sure. in the top 500. Well, there's only been 500, so it would have well, to be. Well, like, you know, we'll let Tim, right, our producer, decide decide who is the, the top five. But you are up there. You're in there, definitely. <laughs> I have loved this, and I can't wait. Let, let, before we forget, let's not let's do a little plug. Uh, you can pick up at any Barnes & Noble. Don't forget your girdle. That'll be on for this <laughs> Christmas. That's going to be available <laughs> this Christmas. It comes with a with a ding dong taped on it. <laughs> Who does the audio uh, book of that, Brooke? Chorus Leachman. <laughs> Thank you, Brooke. Thank you. You're the best. You're number Thank one. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be yeah. 500th. Oh, oh, one. Well, yeah. I'll mean. get my foam finger out. My oh, <laughs> my foam. What are you doing with your foam finger? Been a slow Goodbye. COVID. Okay. Thank you, Thank guys. You. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Tomstown Distilling Company, the first legal distillery in downtown Kansas City since Prohibition. Named after famed political boss Tom Pendergast, we're open for tastings, tours, and what else, Steve? Events. And I do a slideshow on Thursdays, and you've got your puppet show on Mondays. Snooze fest. Come visit our Art Deco-themed tasting room and speakeasy, as Tom used to say, the people are thirsty. Come down and have a cocktail tonight. David, I, you know, I'm still just breathless over uh, talking to uh, Brooke Dillman, but we've got another guest. We've got another episode coming up. Who? Stuart Bailey. Oh, my God. You know what he is, Steve? A scene stealer. 
you can't keep your eyes up. No, he's he is very different than who we've who we've interviewed in the past. He is usually always behind the scenes, and he brings a classic comedy. He's one of the most charming folks I've ever known, but he is so damn funny, but he chooses and always has for his career to be behind the scenes. And he does an interesting job uh, of that because he's had a, a crazy career. He's worked for Jon Stewart. He's worked for, now he works for Access Hollywood. I mean, he has some some interesting uh, uh, bona fides, if you will. Yeah. And he was a part, kind of a groundbreaking part of The Daily Show. Uh-huh. So with Jon Stewart and Craig Kilborn and, and the list goes on and on. I mean, he's got to be at least 95 years old. He's been in comedy. Oh, he yeah. is like right there with Don Rickles. He's in that same, the golden era. Yeah. Losing it, just losing it a little. <laughs> <laughs> join us, uh, join us for Stuart Bailey on the next episode of The Booze Brothers. It's going to be great. The Booze Brothers is brought to you by Tomstown Distilling Company, creators of game-changing spirits like our double-oaked bourbon. Classically aged and finished with hand-selected American and French oak staves, it's a timeless bourbon.